Hey everyone, I am Becky and welcome to a quick shot of romance. And joining me for this episode is my fellow Reed Rivers fan, maybe? <laughs> Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hi, Becky. <laughs> um, we won't know until we get a little more into this episode whether or not she's a Reed Rivers fan. I am one I am one hundred percent a uh uh Georgie fan. Okay. Um so on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing Beloved Liar by Lauren Rowe. This is book three in the Reed Rivers trilogy. This is a three-book series following one couple, Reed and Georgina. Um, this episode will contain spoilers for all three books and the series as a whole. If you have not listened to our previous episodes, go back and listen now. We will link those episodes in our on-the-shelf show notes. Um, Carolina is reading this series for the first time. I have read this series previously and I'm doing a reread along with her. Um, I got big feels about this series. <laughs> we will link the synopsis of the book in our on the shelf show notes at buzzingaboutromance.com. And this book released March 19th of 2020. It's a billionaire rock star adjacent close proximity. Um, this series name is the Reed Rivers Trilogy. This book has a percent out, put out percentage of 38%. Um, audio narrators for the audiobook are Andy Arndt and Jacob Morgan. And there was not, there is a third act breakup in this book, isn't there? At the end? No. No. Nope. There is no third act breakup in this, but they are broken up when they start this book. Yep. When we left off at the end of the last episode, your Reed Rivers rating was a 0.5. Oh, yeah. He pissed me off good. Okay. So. He, he pissed me off good. Let's pick up with 0.5 Reed. Um, <laughs> this is the conclusion. This is going to, like, tie their story together and make us believe that they are in an HEA. Um. So I'm just going to ask you some questions because so we talked about it at the end of the last book that she she is driving off and leaving him. She is not turning around. She is not engaging them. So at the first half of this book, Reed has to grovel because he screwed up big, like huge big. Mm -hmm. Um, So did Reed grovel enough? Let's talk about the grovel. Um, okay, so for Reed groveling, I give him a four on the grovel. Out of, out of five? Four out of five? Yeah. Okay. Like, I, you know, I, I think, and this is where, as a reader from, like, because he's a billionaire, I mean, I'm going to put him in the billionaire, millionaire, billionaire he category, is. right? Mm -hmm. Like some of the expectation is and you just get sometimes they just use their money quite a bit and this was interesting because he didn't he didn't really use it he didn't and so it was kind of an unexpected um i would also say that I was surprised at how 
rapidly in the storyline, the grovel and getting over past this um, separation kind of came to a certain degree. Now, once you read the rest of the story, I understood because there's a lot of story to get through in this third book. There's quite a bit of story. There is, I guess. I mean, so we're basically talking the first 30% of the book is him groveling, him trying to make up and to show her his true intentions and his true heart. Yeah. And it was interesting how it was done because it was, I mean, there's a lot of text message, a lot of conversations, but a lot of this, ha a lot of their realizations between the two of them happened independently yeah. not together um there was which I kind of liked that because Reed is a force to be reckoned with we see it in the first two books that he is he has the potential to be swoony to be over top the ruby necklace the grand gestures of the bike the Pilates machine all this stuff he has the potential to overwhelm her Instead, she does put a very clear boundary out. Mm -hmm. He respects it. Sort of. I mean, he mostly respects it. He still is like texting her when she's like, please stop. He still tries. Um, and I feel like he understood that in order for her to feel the same that way that he felt, this had to be more about them as humans mm -hmm. than him as Reed Rivers that owner of uh river records yeah i i would agree because i well, the other part too is that i when she didn't wave when she drove away and didn't turn around i think that was a huge like eye-opening moment for him um because he is so used to everybody doing what he wants and responding what he wants especially with women and partners but even in business um and there was a lot of a lot of conversation um, with his friends and bandmates and best friends about um, you know what he did and and him not fully understanding why she would have a problem with it. Um, so he actually had to kind of grow up a little bit and evolve um, in that first part of the book. He had to have some self-awareness that I don't think he had previous. He's never had to have previously. Because yeah. if you think about that opening prologue where he's in college and he gives the girl $100 to give him a blowjob. And to the read that has the discovery of, holy crap, my words are important. My actions are important. My actions are important. And I have to think about people outside of my little view. That mm -hmm. If I'm doing something in this moment, even though it doesn't technically connect to that person, it does reflect back to that person. Yeah. So that's um, huge character growth across. Right. Quite a bit. Um, I also liked that he had, um, because he bought her a Peloton bike, he had it delivered to her father's house. He like, so he was staying true to his word on things. Um yeah. And you still got you still got their personalities because there was a lot of text messaging going back and forth. Um, 
especially him trying to one make sure she was okay after she left and well, two, when he's like if you don't respond right now i'm calling the police or i'm calling your yeah. father and she's like okay don't call my father <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the reaction do not call my father i'm here <laughs> i'm here leave me alone um so th- that was you know keeping true regardless of what happens keeping true to the promise but you knew he was gonna fight for it um I think there's this moment because so there's some other storylines that come into play now. Like once they kind of are starting to firm up and he's in his grovel and their relationship, the 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 second two thirds of the book. So the two thirds left of the book after they come back together is actually cementing them into a stronghold of a relationship. But it's also kind of tying up some other storylines and why some things were done. But what's also going to help shape them as a couple moving as a partnership forward. yeah because it it really is i mean they each have it's obvious because of his connections and influence and what he's always done to help people um that that he can he has a lot more kind of leverage if you will it's not the best word it's the only one i can think of right now um, but there are moments where she does stuff and uses her talents and skills to help him um, that are unexpected for him, which was, I think that was the really interesting part so that they become, even though they look like an unbalanced couple, they really are a balanced partnership. Yeah. Well, so we know that there was this issue with um, Isabel who is Reed's ex. It's the one he kisses in the garage when she goes postal on the yellow Ferrari in book two and him. And she's engaged. She's engaged to Howard, which nobody understands why she's engaged to him. And it's clear in the second book that it's not love. It's not love. It seems to be contractual along with a movie deal that she got. That's with his movie studio. And there's some really big parallels to the me too movement in this portion of the book. And which I which I thought was really interesting because there were some things in the beginning of the in book one that I picked up on. Like this feels like there's a lot of setup to make sure that we know Reed and Georgina's relationship is not um it's not a power dynamic. It's not a power like it's they have equal power dynamics so that to hand have this come in i was like oh my gosh she the author was setting me up (laughs) she was kind of setting us up but i think that there was some power in the way that she read this story so it's really interesting because i was reading this book as i was reading ronan pharaoh's to catch and kill and listening to that supplemental podcast which was all about the harvey weinstein fallout Mm -hmm. and then the bill cosby fallout and all of that stuff And it talks in those books about how one voice, one Mm -hmm. small voice sharing their story can create epic change and can move forward for you to feel not alone. Mm -hmm. And Lauren Rowe does that in this story. She does it in a way that as the reader, like I hated Isabel, even up and until that lunch that they have with her in this book. I'm like, oh, I hate her. Um, and I lived through the Heidi Fleiss scandal of mm-hmm. the 90s and stuff like that. So, like, it was really interesting how that kind of all played in the, you know, the little black book. And 
uh, Francesca had gone to jail because she wouldn't give up any of her girls. Mm-hmm. And um, so all of that, like giving voice to, you know, your past and the things that have happened to you. I just think Lauren Rowe did it really well and it wasn't shoved down our throat. No. And there's a lot, there's, there's also influence and connection and trust built with Georgina and Isabel because of Georgina's past um, with the football coach. Yeah. Mr. And yes. Um, And so, you know, she's, she comes to the table as a human, not just a a journalist, right? Like this is, yes. Um, you don't think you have power, um, but yes, you do. Here's here's my story. This is why this is important. Yeah, it was. I just thought that that was really well done. I didn't feel like it was shoved down our throat to an extent that we were all supposed to get these, you know, like girl power, anything like that. It just talked about, you know, finding your voice and speaking your truth. And I think it was just done in a really well written mm-hmm. way. Um, without making it feel too political, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this two thirds, the second half of the book. So one of these kinds of enigma that we've had in this series, these three books has been Reed's mom. I loved this part. I really, I, you know, the first book I got irritated with his mom. Yeah. And I just like to a certain point. You know she's important because the author's not going to, Lauren Rose not going to put her in if she doesn't have a purpose. Like right. That much I know about her as an author, right? Um, and, and so I just kind of got irritated because she felt like this weight of a character. Um, I got really mad with Reed with his interactions to her. Like, yeah. She was a box that he was checking that... I mean, it was he, an obligation. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily a bad son, but it's like I have to give her her hour once a month when I'm happened to be in New York. Like there was no like he didn't seem to have an understanding of what had happened with his parents' divorce and how she ended up where she was. And it's Georgina, Georgie, that brings that all to light for him. And he learns things about his mom that she doesn't have the ability. She is emotionally traumatized. I mean. Well, and so is he, honestly. She is emotionally traumatized from her own childhood. And then she gets into this marriage that then has those issues. So she like she loses a, a son. She, you know, her husband is now... Um, arrested and well he was having affairs and like there was all of this and at the time all of this happened reed rivers is is traumatized by it because he thought his father was untouchable you know that has a lot of impact and then to find out that his father is not the perfect person that he thought and there's that interesting story of that he tells about the golf clubs and how he used to golf with his father. And that's where he got attention. And he continued to try to golf every weekend. So when his father got out of jail, that they could 
come back and he could get that praise and it and quality time with his father um I I don't think Reed could see it because he had his own blinders on and yeah. and all of that it really took somebody on the outside to go hey wait a second something's not right here something doesn't add up yeah um I like how Lauren Rowe did this though because it wasn't this big yelling match between him and his mother because Obviously, she's not a mental or emotionally stable enough to have it out with him and to give him this information. But she uses Georgie kind of as a mechanism to deliver this information to Reed so that he knows what's coming. So he can understand who his mom is and where she's at. I also thought it was very interesting that you got to see his mom's um, character growth through her paintings. I thought that was a really interesting way to illustrate where she was mentally at and in kind of a quick, a quick way um, as Reed describes what he's seeing in the paintings during his visits Um, and what ends up happening in that, in the final visit that we get to see um, in the book. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss if we didn't mention Cece a little bit because Reed has this moment where he is like, when the word, when the word girlfriend doesn't seem like enough, like to describe his connection to George, to Georgie, the word girlfriend isn't enough. And I love that conversation he has with the guys. Oh, with, with Hen and Josh. And Hen and Josh, because he you know, he asked them, he texts them. Well, like, they wanted Josh's what? brother's number because Josh's right, yeah. brother has a book and Josh's brother was kind of like Reed. Older, never going to marry, not interested in, you know, getting tied down. And then he finds his great love. Yep. And so he wanted the advice on what, when did he know? What was that moment like? What was, what was the turning point? And Josh and Hen were like, yeah, we asked him. So we know the answer because we've lived through it. And basically they were said, it said a couple of things. One, girlfriend's not enough. That title is not enough. And two, like there's this kind of possessive, like I can't, I would go crazy if she was with somebody else or having babies with somebody else. Like yeah. I, I do not want to have that to happen. Um, I, I, I always love that moment. Like, <laughs> There's just that crazy part of it. Um, and so to see that evolution of him throughout the book, because it doesn't just happen. Like him getting to the, this is my girlfriend. Okay. Him getting to like that next phase of what all of that means. Right. It didn't happen at the end of that conversation. It's not for like four or five more chapters before he's making that call and saying, oh, it, this just isn't working anymore. This isn't enough for me. And I enjoy, I loved the conversation he had with Cece, you know, because Cece is an older woman. She's like in her sixties and she's married a man. It's her third marriage. And he's like, why did you guys marry? You don't even live together. Yeah. They don't even live in the same country normally. Yeah. And she's like, it's when, and basically she says the same thing. It's when my lover just isn't enough. I needed him to be more. I need to know that we're tied for the time we're together. 
And, um, and I really did enjoy that too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So overall thoughts on this series. Um, overall thoughts on this series is block time in your calendar. Cause you're just going to want to like power <laughs> through this. You're not going to want to stop. Um, especially after book two, because <laughs> those are big feels. Those are big pissy feels and you want to get into book three. Um, I was not disappointed in this series. I think it was, it, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, I mean, besides the fact that we have three quick shots of romance to talk well, about. Well, and it. the previous quick shot was long. It was like 30 minutes. So, <laughs> you know. sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, well, once everybody reads this in the community, let us know. And Carolina and I would happily do a discussion over in Discord with it. Oh, yeah. And kind absolutely. of talk about all the things in this book. So, you know, there's there's a lot of just life to talk about, mm -hmm. like career beginning your career um at the height of your the, career the height of your career family like getting past family grief you know there was also there's some great moments we really didn't talk about of um reed stepping up to georgina's father and showing that he he is the man and and not backing down um but in that conversation Reed has with him, his father's like, just be careful because it was almost like she was a little boy crazy and she, you know, well, if you think about it though, if you, he had that wrong impression. Right. Which was a great moment for Reed to encourage Georgina to say, no, you need to tell your father because he just thought some silly boy broke your heart and you're now a silly girl crying for a week when actually you were going through a lot of pain and grief yeah. and your father needs to know about it. Yeah. Um. I, so I feel like they each helped each other connect with their parents on a deeper level. Oh yeah. Um. You have that, you have um, the correlation to the Me Too movement. You have like discovery of finding yourself and well even though reed had great um business success he ne didn't necessarily have personal success outside of josh and hen and with josh came the morgan family and he had his stars that he is friendly with and we do see his relationship with his sister Violet in the book The Rock Star, which you haven't read yet, um, which you need to read. So let's just well, yeah, put that on the yes. slate. Um, I think that there was in this book for him, it was about this personal growth, this realizing that you cannot be an island, even at the height of career success. To balance it, you have to have personal connections. Relationship well, success matters just as much. And he was able to compartmentalize so much because he didn't have that connector that Georgina became. And because she started, as she was doing all these interviews, she started putting pieces together of his life that even his own closest friends didn't realize were, were happening. Yeah. Like he needed, he had his inner circle, but he needed like an inner, inner circle. Yeah. Yeah, there's. I just think there's so much in this book. It's really well written. There are really dynamic characters, and there are characters you want their stories, and some of them do have stories. Some of them, like Caleb Seabomb from Red Car Riot, still does not have a book, 
and I need his oh, book. No. I need yes. his book. We're going to need his book. I mean, we saw some of Alessandra and Fish from kind of the outside looking in, which was a delight because I love. Well, and, and having read that book, like seeing this perspective of it is was kind of fun because I know what happens with yeah. them. I know I, I was wanting what happens in book two because I read that book. Like I knew I was like, I have to read Reed Rivers. I have to read this book. <laughs> and I love like, so Amy, the PA that he keeps giving money to, oh, to either. She is the heroine in Swoon. And oh. she ends up with the bass player from 22 Goats. Okay. And that's my next read right there. So I'm just like, I love Amy. And, um, so I love these little pieces because so her book didn't exist when I first read the Reed Rivers trilogy. So it was really great to like now that I've recently read Swoon to be like, oh my God, it's Amy because she talks about these moments in her book. Well, uh, you know, we need to do an interview with Lauren Rowe because I really <laughs> am curious on how she built this such an interconnected world. It's very different than somebody writing a series that happens and it's like each book is like right after each other. But, but yeah. all of these books overlap. Like their timelines, yeah. Could, like the chart, like I could only imagine the chart on where like the books like line I don't up. know what, what kind of chart, but like what the exact name so, of the chart is, but like how they line up because they all overlap. And how do you keep things straight? And how do you keep the integrity of the story and the characters and what happens? And her like um, series Bible must be ridiculous. Like I I have all the questions. So Hen's book is her latest book, which is called Hacker. So we're going back in time because Hen and Hannah are married and have babies in this book. So, um, and I didn't realize that Hen didn't have a book. I guess I thought he and Henna had a book in the um, club series, you know, because yeah. the Morgans, Captain and Hero and all of that are the Morgans. Um, and Teresa that he talks about in this book is married to Ryan Morgan. And that is Captain. That is the book Captain. Um, is she called, what is she called? T-Rock. T-Rock. Yeah. Right? Yeah. T-Rock. Yeah. So, I mean, again, all this interconnected and you don't, so I, you don't get a ton of Morgan shenanigans in this book. You just, in this series, you just get little pieces of the Morgans, but Balpeen Hammer, Keen has his, he and Maddie have their own book. Rockstar, you know, is Dax and Violet. It's just an, it's just an incredible world. Like it really is. It, the world building in this is, and the layering. Okay. Yeah, it's just um, crazy. I, I think my only complaint in this series, as much as I love this series, is I do feel like the ending, once play, things start getting connected, like her article goes mm -hmm. live, the ending does feel rushed. It feels just like a really long extended epilogue of like seven chapters. Yeah, I could. Yeah, it was because there was a lot of wrap up and a lot of like gushy. Okay, here's the next phase of what yeah. of greatness, like of positivity um but I, I don't know how you there was a lot to wrap up there was a lot, there was to, a wrap lot up. to wrap up and I'm glad I mean as rushed as it did feel I also don't feel it had a good pace to it as well yeah like I, I feel like if if any of those scenes or moments were extended any bit longer 
I would have been like, come on, just like give it to us already. Give it to us. So I have I have to ask at the end of the series now, what is your Reed Rivers rating? Um, my Reed Rivers rating is Reed is a four. He's a four. Um, I go back to four. Um, but I'm I'm gonna rate Georgina in honestly, she has been a five throughout the whole series. She's girl crush she, material. She is absolute girl crush material. I her strength um and fortitude, her perseverance. Um but even when she has some of her quieter moments and introspective moments, like there's that good balance. I also think this is a quieter girl gang romance, but I really think it's the world that's a girl gang. I, I, yes, I think it's almost like it's building the girl gang. It's not quite there yet. Yeah. But it's being. You get a lot more girl gang in, I guess by smitten, because we have this scene at dinner where everyone's like, yes, I want to be in the video. I'll be in the video. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, so everybody should read Read Rivers, is what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Read it. Enjoy <laughs> it. Just remember, you're going to be pissed after book two. You're going to be so pissed. Um, anyway. If you had the same feels that I did after that second episode, like, let me know. Hit me up. <laughs> Message. IG. Slide into her DMs. Slide Contact into my DMs Curl up with books. I, uh, <laughs> was it, was was it as strong as I had or like, am I just crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I'm pretty sure I threw a Kindle. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Carolina, thank you so much for joining me for this special read along edition of quick shots of romance. Thank you so much for suggesting it. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm kind of sad it's over. Yeah. We'll have to come up with another one. Um, (laughs) Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.